cheer up. You're not going to be working hourly forever. There's other options out there. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey, it's Emily Reagan, your host of Unicorns Unite. I'm so excited to have you here today. We're talking about something that really gets me going, and I'll explain. Because it's not all unicorns and rainbows when you first start your freelance business. It takes time to develop your services and your skills, to build your client list, to uncover your pricing, and it's an ever-evolving process. It is absolutely not a get-rich-quick scheme. You don't just start having a freelance business and three days later, you're rolling in the dough. It doesn't work like that. But have faith. Eventually, you can get there where your business is producing for you. One thing that really bothers me is a lot of these freelance business owners who are teaching other people to scale to hit the six-figure a month revenue goals. And here's the thing. There's a way to do that with your pricing, but you have to do the work to get there. You have to be known in your field as an expert. You'll have to niche down your services. And it doesn't always start like that. And there's some services that are more conducive to making those six-figure months, right? It depends what you're doing. A general admin VA is going to have a harder time. And those coaches who are out there are usually in select fields. They're copywriters or they're Facebook ads coaches who are teaching other people how to scale. But they have a service. It's a value-based service that can demand higher rates. So there's other ways to scale, having an agency, starting different kinds of VIP days and whatnot. Today, we're going to talk about other freelancing models so you don't just have to go hourly. This is that in-between part that people aren't really talking about or how you transition from being newer, doing the hourly work to pricing your services in a little way so that it's not as stressful and you're making a little bit of better money. It does help to have end goals where you want to be and whether you want to own your own agency, have scalable digital products, something like that, which we all are building for our clients, or whether you want to be known as the go-to expert in your field who brings in those higher five-figure, six-figure contracts. So today, right now, we're going to talk about four different freelance business pricing models other than hourly rates. And I just want you to keep your eyes open. It's different for everyone. You're a unicorn. What you offer is a little bit different than everyone else. What you're good at, what backgrounds and education and work experiences you come from, there are different things to tap into. And like I said, it's going to be an evolving process. You're not going to have all the answers from the get-go. So the way I coach my students to start is with hourly. And it's easier to price that way. It's easier to do the work and get paid for the work, especially when you're new and you don't know how long things will take you, when your clients don't always know, when you're brand new and getting to know each other and you're working more of a unicorn, sometimes a general VA role, this totally works. And your clients can say, I need 10 hours and you can work those 10 hours and then stop. Hourly is a great place to start, but eventually you want to get to where you're hourly with retainers. And a retainer is when you have your client commit to a certain level, a certain um, amount of work for the month, 
And then you are guaranteed to have that work. So it really helps you to be able to balance your client list, bring in other clients who complement the work you're already guaranteed. And then you have that incurring revenue. You know for sure you're getting paid 20 hours a month. Depending on your roles with these business owners and on these teams, sometimes the business owner doesn't give you enough work and that's on them, right? That's on them. You can discuss rolling hours over and whatnot. I would try to steer clear of that. I would try to stay to what they commit to. And you're guaranteeing you have that amount of time per month solely dedicated to their projects. You need to be very clear on what is billable when you're doing the retainers. And you want to be able to get better at estimating, which is why it's not sometimes the thing you want to start with, right? You don't want to overpromise and underdeliver because you're newer and you don't realize things will take longer than they actually do, which is usually the case. Hourly with retainer is really good when you have ongoing projects and tasks that need to be checked that the business owner knows needs to be happening in the background every month. It could also be some specific skills, but usually you have a good feeling of the amount of time and the quantity of time it's going to take you. If you are charging hourly with retainers, have your clients pay at the beginning of the month in full. There's no need to split things up. By now, you have an established relationship with them. They should be trusting you. You shouldn't be having to chase the cats and try to get paid at the end of the month. They should pay up front at the beginning. And then if they want to go over, that's for you to decide. Watch out for your scope creep. Watch out for going over, feeling guilty like you need to give them more. When you get close to that allotment of time, you need to communicate that and have a plan for going forward. Is there an overtime fee when they're going over? That is okay at first. You're like, oh, that's okay. I have some time. But as you book out, you're not going to want to have this work looming and this expectation that you will work more than those hours. You might want to renegotiate that and be getting paid more or talk about those terms. The next pricing module is a custom project-based fee. This is really, really good when you're familiar with the work, you've been doing it a lot, you have that repetition under your belt, and you can accurately estimate the amount of work. That way you don't hose yourself because there's nothing worse than thinking a project is only going to take you two hours and it ends up taking six, maybe because you you know, got into some kind of tech issue that happened, or maybe the clients didn't give you the deliverables you need and you had to keep revisiting the project. A custom-based project fee can protect you for that because you can pad in that extra time and you can cushion your hourly rate. You want to include, if you are working on projects like this, you do want to include your key timelines to go over with your clients, like when things are due and when they're expected, because they're usually done for longer-term projects, not your ongoing daily tasks. This works really well, in my opinion, if you're in the digital marketing space for things like building uh, lead magnets and opt-ins for doing some website work. Maybe you're doing a bulk SEO work. Whenever the work is quantifiable and it's easy to produce, you'll see copywriters do a lot of custom project-based fees. I would encourage you to have some of this ready to go. Somebody were to ask you, well, how much would it cost for XYZ? Have a few pricing options ready to go. You don't need to put them on your website or anything, but have them in a Google Doc and be ready to refer to them. Copy and paste will save you so much time rather than writing from scratch every time. Little dumb moment, I know, but sometimes I find myself doing that. I'm like, I should just resort to the document where I started this. So I'm thinking about when I first started working 
for Jennifer Allwood online, and I would go back and help her with her blogs, format them, monetize them, fix the affiliate links, get the email list opt-ins going on them. And in that case, I would offer to fix so many blogs for a certain amount of dollars. That would be a good example of a custom project-based fee, other than like the obvious copywriting contracts and things that are out there, like website design and whatnot. I do these same custom-based projects right now in my business because I still do client work. You're talking to a girl who actually does the work. I'm not just coaching you to do something that I'm not actually implementing. I do quiz funnels for my clients. And so I have a good feeling of how long that will take, especially because I've been doing little parts of it over this last decade. And when you put them together, it can become something, A, you can charge more for, but I can accurately estimate how long it will take. And granted, there's still blips based on people's tech and things gone wrong and clients turning in things. But I can also add to the project when the tech stack is a little different or they might need a little bit more than my basic project. So I have in mind how much it generally costs me to go in there set up this quiz funnel, and then if they want to add on extras, I can just increase the price from there. Granted, as I book out, this custom project-based fee in general goes up. So that's really nice. It really makes it worth my time. So even if you're charging hourly as you book out with clients, the next client charge a little bit more, charge a little bit more. Like Find that sweet spot where people are willing to pay, where you're attracting the right clients, and the market allows that price, right? You can't go in there and overcharge for something where the market doesn't allow that. There's a certain market value. And finding the right clients who are willing to pay a higher price, that can pay off. Sometimes those clients are actually easier to work for. They trust you better. They micromanage less, which is really nice. You don't want clients all up in your business. So charging higher can actually be better and not scare off clients like your first instinct will be, oh no, scarcity, scarcity. I'm going to lose all these clients. You might actually attract better clients who aren't nitpickers who are easier to work with. Hey, this podcast is sponsored by my very own GIF and sticker making workshop. Turn your clients' videos into GIFs design branded stickers for Instagram stories, and master the art of making your own GIF for promo emails. This is fun unicorn magic that we can do behind the scenes easily for our clients. The workshop is one hour, just $17.99. The link is in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash GIF workshop. That's G-I-F workshop. Back to the show. So number one was hourly with retainer. Then we talked about custom project-based fees. The next one is services, packages, and productized services. Okay, so let me explain what that is. <laughs> it's like a mouthful. It's like three different like ways of saying it right there. But a productized service is really a prepackaged solution to a specific problem. And you can package your services and present it like you would a little box of cake mix, right? It's a off-the-shelf solution. It's something that's ready to go. Your client pulls it off the shelf and buys it. It's really, really nice because you get paid up front. Customers are picking a couple things. They know exactly what they're getting. You can price everything based on value. You're solving their problem. It's not necessarily based on cost. They know what they're getting. So your expectations are determined, which is where a lot of mistakes happen in the client freelancer world when people have mismatched expectations. When they're pulling it off the shelf, that little package says exactly what the directions are, 
what the ingredients are and how to do it. There's not as much scope creep. And if there is some scope creep, you need to handle that in a different way. <laughs> like that is not part of the package. Like if there's other things they uncover, that would go back down to number two, having that project fee to help get things ready to be able to bake that cake. <laughs> Hopefully you're making sense of me right now. The cool thing about having different services and packages is you can have different tiers of pricing. You could have uh, you could have one tier that's lower cost. You could have your mid-tier and then your higher-end level. Now, generally speaking, when you do this kind of anchor-based pricing, people will choose the middle one. They always feel like that's a good value. So make the middle option, the middle pricing tier, the thing you want to do most of. If the higher pricing one isn't something you want to do as much and you don't want as many clients, really make sure that's priced appropriately where you feel like it's worth your time. And then the lower pricing could be the absolute minimum that they need to have success that is worth your time, okay? So don't undersell yourself here, but you can have something that's more cost-effective if that is where your bleeding heart lies in helping some business owners. This type of services menu, these productized services are really good for social media, Pinterest, anything where there's a niche, and they can choose some options. So if I were to explore my quiz funnels again, I could have different options. And my friend Linda Sadu does this really well. I partner with her on the quizzes, so I'm going to mention her. She has a couple different options that you can pull off the shelf. They're not so much automated, but the pricing tier works that way where you could get a, you know, strategy call. You could get the done for you partly, or you could get the done for you, the most pricey option done as the last tier, most expensive, and it's all encompassing. So expectations are really clear what you're getting at every level. You will see a lot of social media managers doing this. I encourage you to go do some sleuthing and see what other people are doing to get a feeling of what you can charge and what you can get away with. Social media managers, by the way, you can see packages for $2,000 a month. It's cool. You can see some for very little. Maybe somebody only needs a couple posts a week. And what would that price look like for you? Work backward again, knowing how long this stuff takes you. How long does the work take you? And how much experience are you putting into that? And make sure you're getting paid worth it. This type of freelance business model really opens up itself to automation. You can be onboarding clients, collecting payments, following up with them, closing out clients, and put a lot of that on automation, maybe through your project management tools like Dubsado, maybe using your email service provider and whatnot, and you can have a very clear system and process for doing that, which can really help you focus more on the work, less of the client hand-holding. So really think about this. What services do you offer right now that could be productized? What's something that you could put in a pretty little package? If you can do SEO, this is perfect for you. If you're doing Pinterest, you have a couple options too. So I encourage you to think about this. And these are the things that you want up on your website with a checkout button. And you can start taking on clients easily and they can go to your Acuity scheduling calendar, pick out the time with you, kick off the calls with them, and have all of that automated. So I really like this option for being more efficient at your work. To piggyback off of this, the fourth option is day rates. Now, I encourage you to go back to episode number 28 and listen to 
my interview with Sarah Massey. She does her one-day intensive models. She's really good at doing the automations and the prep work that go into these day rates. But day rates are really beautiful. If you have a very in-demand skill and you're getting booked out and you're having to turn clients away, you could very easily be ready for day rates. And you don't even have to be there yet to offer them. I do these day rates for podcast guesting, like writing pitches and helping clients with their speaker pages, their press kits, all of that stuff I can do in one day and updating some of their websites, doing some podcast tracking for them. That I can do in one day, over and done. There's no context switching. I can get them a big win, knock out something really big from their punch list, as Sarah calls it, and we can all move forward. And it's not something I need to keep revisiting because I'm setting them up for success with my services. They're walking away with a pitch template, how to do it on their own. And it's fun because I get to combine my magical skill set with my PR background, my writing, knowledge of online business. I can help these clients with that stuff. And plus, you know, I know WordPress and Kajabi and fun stuff like that. So that's a day rate for me. For Sarah, she'll come in and fix your website and do a quick rebrand of that. She has a magical skill set of design and knowing WordPress. She's very particular, like I work with these tools. (laughs) She can set the stakes of that. She can say, this is what I do and what I don't do with her day rates. And that's what's cool is then you eliminate those moments where you're dealing with a new tech stack and it just adds in a couple extra hours. I've seen day rates for people who are project managers and OBMs who can come in and get people organized with their business. That's very much needed. Uh, I've seen all kinds of day rate models. And I've seen a lot when it comes to consultation, copywriting, writing sales pages, all of that. So I encourage you to think about the day rates. And the cool thing is you can charge a lot more. When you become in demand and known as an expert and good at what you're doing, a day rate is a great opportunity to capture your time and get that one-to-one client work when you're not doing it as much. So you'll still see some big wigs. I'm thinking of Tarzan K or Sage Polaris. They'll still do day rates. They might be charging 5000 a pop to work with them. And sometimes it can be very limited and hard to get on their schedule. So that exclusivity makes their price go up even higher, right? That lack of supply. So those are four business models to think about with where you could be going with your own pricing. Again, we have hourly with retainers, custom project-based fees, services, productized services, and packages, day rates. And there's a couple little bonuses I wanted to put in your little head so you could start to think about when you come across from them. If you're helping with a new business owner or even a more experienced business owner, if you're finding yourself in the role of a launch manager and helping with a lot of that, you could get a portion of those sales. You could be getting part of the revenue of a launch. That could be a part of your pricing model. Something to think about when you find yourself doing a lot of the tech work, a lot of the copywriting work that makes a launch successful. Also, if you are a copywriter and you're struggling with to begin and you're like, yeah, I'm not at that place where I'm 
doing 10K contracts, 50K contracts, like some of these big wig copywriters, you can charge per word. If you're a graphic designer, you could charge per image. There's nothing wrong with that. You see photographers doing that in some of these uh, photo sites. They can charge per image. They can have their flat lays on Etsy charging $12 an image. Well, that's more scalable, but you can still come up with your own pricing module. You're not limited to just this. That's really good for ghostwriters and copywriters who are getting started with some of those clients. So how do you know if you're done with hourly? For me, it got to the point where I just didn't want to track my time anymore. I wanted to get the project done. I was overly, oh, I was overly, overly, I was over the hourly and I just was ready. I didn't want to be doing all the context switching. I wanted to be working on projects. I wanted to be making more money. And for me, it took a couple of years into my business to get there. I'm talking about like six or seven years into my business. Granted, I started at a time where this wasn't as popular. There weren't a lot of coaches to help me work through and open my eyes to other options out there. But I very quickly could see that the hourly was just not my jam. And a whole other option too is to be hired full-time salary onto a team. And I had that put in front of me with a very successful seven-figure business owner. And that just wasn't for me. The entrepreneurial part of me, the heart in me just did not want to be working for someone else. I knew with my brain and what I had done and what I was capable of accomplishing and all of my experience, I knew that I could never be paid enough right? I had more opportunity to scale my business using these other freelancer business models than working for somebody else. But for some people, that's exactly where we want to be. It would be a dream to work with one client and not have to be switching and changing clients and juggling all of that and have a really clearly defined role, especially if you work your way up. A lot of you get hired as a VA and very quickly find yourself being project managers or marketing directors and creative directors. And that can happen easily and it could be your dream. So keep your eyes open to these other ways of making money and not having to track the hours, not having to stress whether you're on the clock or you're not and just be happy about getting the work done. So I hope this was exciting for you. I hope that you are getting some new ideas. I'd love to hear from you over on Instagram, especially which one do you want to implement? What have you been eyeing? And of course, there's other ways to make money. I know I kind of diss those six-figure coaches out there, but you can be offering digital products and bringing in other revenue streams, this has nothing to do with that. Those are all options to be bringing in more money, to be doing affiliates, to be launching as an affiliate, to be sharing links as an affiliate, to be creating different sources of revenue streams. And that's almost like another thing for another time. This is how to price the core service of your business. Because girl, you're doing the work. And I think that's amazing. Next week, we're going to be talking with Sarah Van Hoos about Profit First. It's one way to get the money you are making, working so hard for, to work better for you. So you pay yourself and you have a nice little profit account. So your business is working for you and makes you happy. I'll see you next time. If you're ready to learn the digital marketing and social media skills that will get you hired online, head over to vacrashcourse.com where you can learn about my five-week program, the Digital Media VA Crash Course. 
small business owners and solopreneurs want to hire someone who gets it and who can help them implement just about everything. They're looking for a magical assistant who does it all. With my comprehensive training, you can get your foot in the door and become a unicorn. Check out VACrashCourse.com. Six-figure revenue goal. The six-figure to hit the 10. What am I trying to say? These productized services. I stumble on that word. (laughs)